The number anytime, by the way, before we get rolling, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior or a member of the team. It is help at employmenthour.com. We will get to the severance pay calculator. We talk about this every week, and we should be because uh, you know half a million people have benefited from just logging on for 30 seconds and using the calculator. That uh, in lots more detail coming up. Lior, we're going to talk about terms to watch out for in employment agreements. Uh, again, this is such a huge topic that people should be aware of. Anybody who's got a job generally should be aware and knowledgeable in that regard. First, though, we always start with the uh, the week that was, brother. How are you doing? Hey, John. I'm doing great. Uh, excited to be back here and, and to talk about employment law. And, you know, even though we've been doing the show for five years, can you believe it, by I the know. way, five years? I know. Crazy. Five years, still there's people that are listening to us always for the first time. And by the way, you, you can actually listen to us four times here uh, on this channel. So, you know, we're here a lot and yep. we're here talking about a lot of things and informing and educating people. Uh, and there's so much to talk about. You know, we've been talking for five years and, and we still have topics for the next five years. It's not going to be a problem. So hopefully, uh, the more, uh, the more we do it, the more people become educated and informed about workplace rights, about employment law. The law doesn't uh, stay the same. It does change, yep. and, and we'll talk about some of those things actually in a few minutes. So uh, you, know, you should always uh, stay tuned. And of course, of course, of course, you know this is a radio show, but you may want to talk to me uh, off air, talk to me in person about your specific situation. Please don't hesitate. Give me a call. Send me an email. We're going to give you my contact information throughout the show. Uh, I'm easy to access uh, and to talk to, so uh, don't don't hesitate. And on the uh, week that was, talking about a couple situations that uh, I dealt with over the over the past few days. First one, I got an interesting call from a gentleman who uh, worked in a job for about 18 years. You make making uh, decent money, about sixty thousand dollars, good salary. Uh, and as as you know, and, and hopefully our listeners know, the uh, the Employment Standards Act was recently amended, and it was amended to to uh, say that right now, full-time employees have to get paid the same rate as part-time employees doing the same job. So if you're a part-time employee doing the same job as a full-time employee, the company has to pay you the same. They right. can't say, you get less money. Uh, so what happened for this gentleman, he's a full-time employee. The company said, listen, we now have to make these changes. So we're going to do that by paying you less. <laughs> we're going to reduce your pay by $3 an hour so that now you're going to be in line with some of our part-time people. So, hey, the legislation changed. It's not our fault. That's what they said. And, of course, this gentleman, extremely upset. I think for him, that would have been a, a pay cut of about seven grand or so a year wow. or something like that. It's a lot of money. And he uh, he wanted to know what his rights were. So here's the interesting thing, uh, John. Uh, even though the company is now required by law as of actually April the 1st to make sure that uh, you know full-time and, and part-time employees that do the same job get mm-hmm. paid the same, yep. they cannot achieve that equality by reducing someone's pay. The Employment Standards Act says specifically that you have to pay people the same, but you can't get there by reducing pay. That's oh, wow. illegal. That's a breach of the Employment Standards Act. So just by way of doing that, the company is doing something illegal. The other thing that irrespective of that, as our regular listeners know, what do we call, John, a pay reduction? What is that? That is a constructive dismissal. That is exactly right. Big it's time. a constructive dismissal. And certainly, if you're taking a seven, $8,000 uh, pay cut, that's a constructive dismissal. So beyond that, this person now has the right to treat their employment as being terminated. terminated. So this company is obviously doing something completely illegal, and I'm going to help this person resolve it. So I want everyone here to understand that you know equal pay for equal work doesn't mean the company can reduce your pay. Uh, it's illegal. They cannot reduce your pay to achieve this equality. And of course, if your pay gets changed or other terms of your employment get changed, you get uh, a demotion, you get relocated, etc. 
that may be a constructive dismissal, and you may be able to leave with severance. And of course, if that happens, you just give me a call. This is not going to be the first time you get a call in that regard. I think the floodgates are going to, about to be open, but a lot of employers that simply don't know that are going to try that little scheme, and it's going to be uh, you're going to be up to your waist in, in calls just like that. I think exactly. I mean, this specific change that I just mentioned, the whole equal pay for equal work, only started now. It took effect April the first, right. so very recently. Uh, and you're right. I'm probably going to get a lot more calls. So hopefully some employers even are listening to us saying hey, and understand. Again, I don't make up the law. That's just what the law says is you cannot reduce someone's pay. one 821 5900 by the way, is that number. What else you got going on? Well, I was actually, uh, my, my, my big uh, smiling, or not smiling, I was kind of serious. My big mug was on the Toronto Star recently, and I did a bunch of interviews. Uh, it relates to Uber. Uh, some uh, some of our regular listeners know I'm representing Uber drivers in a class action against Uber. Yep. And and the reason why I, I was in the Star and, and some other uh, media was because of an interesting development in that case. Uh, so Uber had brought a motion to say, no, no, this lawsuit uh, can't continue because these drivers signed on an employment agreement or an agreement that says that if there's ever any dispute, they have to go to arbitrate in the Netherlands. Right. And they said, too bad, you can't pursue this as a lawsuit in Ontario. Now, they brought a motion to court. The judge initially agreed with them. Now, we are appealing this, and, mm-hmm. and we're obviously hopeful and optimistic that we're going to be successful. But I wanted to mention what this means for employment law and employees and employers if, in fact, the law says that an employee, employer can make an employee go overseas to pursue their rights. Okay. If you think about this, John, if your employer can say, the only way you can pursue your rights, Johnny, is if you go to the Netherlands or North Korea or Japan, whatever it is, the reality is you now have no rights because you're not going to go to the Netherlands to pursue your rights. It's impractical. It's expensive. It's just not something you're going to do. So your employer can essentially do whatever it wants. So we're not going to pay you minimum wage. What are you going to do? Go to the Netherlands? We're not going to pay you vacation or overtime. What are you going to do about it? So that's a horrible, horrible situation. It essentially means employees have no rights. So this Uber case has now become much more than just about Uber. It's about everyone's rights. Because if your employer can simply have you sign an agreement saying you got to go to the Netherlands, then you have no rights, and that's a huge problem. Uh, and obviously, we can't allow that to happen. I think that ultimately that's going to be resolved. And and I'm also calling on the uh, on the, our government here to kind of close that loophole in the Employment Standards Act, not to allow that to happen. Uh, and hopefully, I'll have some good news uh, in the future to say that that's no longer an issue. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll check back as that progresses. I mean, maybe Turks and Caicos, Aruba, Cancun. Okay, I'll go there. But uh, <laughs> me I'm, too. Yeah. Fine, we'll go there. <laughs> maybe Cuba, even Vera Daryl. But I'm not going to the Netherlands anytime soon for sure. <laughs> we'll take a, a short break. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of the team. Lior, anytime. Help at employmenthour.com as well, and you might as well check it out before we even talk about it. That is severancepaycalculator.com as well. Lots more coming up. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. By the way, is the number to get a hold of Lior anytime or a member of his team. They will answer that call, answer your questions as you can. Send them in through email as well. Help at employmenthour.com. Before we get into the terms to watch out for 
in an employment agreement. And I hope everybody's got uh, pen and paper for this one coming up because these are very important things to watch out for, which govern your uh, your job for uh, who knows how many years to come. So you want to make sure you tune in for that. Severance Pay Calculator. Give me some uh, give me some details on it. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And, and, you know, our regular listeners know what that is. But as I said off the top, you always have new listeners. So, again, SeverancePayCalculator.com. What does it do? Well, the name tells you everything you need to know. It calculates and tells you how much severance you are actually owed. Yep. Not what the company wants to pay you, not what your minimum entitlements, what your actual real-life entitlements are. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, answer three questions about your age, position, and length of employment, and then you find out whether you're owed six-month severance, 24-month severance, or anything else. Now, the key here is that it's completely free. It's completely anonymous. There's no strings attached. You don't have to put any personal information there. It's just for your benefit. Uh, there's so many people that accept inadequate severance. And the way that, the best way that I know to fight that is to give people access to information. So spoiler alert, it's not a week's pay for every year of service. It's not even close. It's a heck of a lot more than that. So go to severancepaycalculator.com and it has a button there if you want to contact me so I can help you get what you're owed. You don't have to use that. You can severancepaycalculator.com. Absolutely free. takes uh, about 30 seconds. There's also an employer mode. So if you're an employer feeling left out, it'll work for you as well. Looking ahead if you're planning to do some reductions in the workplace, right? Extremely important. Uh, you're maybe an employer. want to know, wait a second, why do I owe this person? I need to make some changes. Yeah. So there's an employer mode. Not, not only does it tell you uh, how or how much you have to pay someone. It gives you some additional advice and tips as to how to do that and, and kind of how to stay on the right side of the law. So again, severancepaycalculator.com. Questions anytime, help at employmenthour.com as well. We'll get to some emails a little later on in the show. And of course, one 821 5900 anytime as well. Terms, you got to watch out for in an employment agreement. We'll go through a list of these and talk about them, expand on them. Um, why should people really care about an employment agreement? It's just, you know, kind of standard stuff, no? A lot of people think that's what yeah. it is. A lot of people think, oh, it's all kind of boilerplate. And, you know, as yeah. long as I got my title and my salary, that's all I care about. Well, no, let's take a step back. First of all, an employment agreement is an important document because it governs what you do at work. We all spend so many hours every day, every week, every month at work. And we spend more time at work than we spend doing anything else, more time than we spend with our family, more time than we spend, you know, doing our hobbies. So if we spend that much time at work, this document governs our relationship with our employer, governs the terms of work. So no, even though there are some standard terms in an employment agreement, a lot of it is not standard. A lot of it are things that are unique and can be different from person to person. So you need to understand what you're signing. So what we're going to talk about is some things you need to watch out for. And again, it's not the usual stuff that you may think you need to look for. You know, what's my salary? You know, how much vacation do I get? Obviously, those are important terms, but that's up to you to negotiate, up to you to agree with the company. I'm going to be talking about some other terms, things that you need to watch out for. And if you don't watch out for, you're going to have some serious problems later on. I know there's a pretty good laundry list of those terms. So if you had to narrow it down to even two, one, three, possibly, what is the most important term in that agreement? Well, let's start with the biggest one. And, and believe it or not, to me, the most important term in an employment agreement is actually the one dealing with termination yeah, of employment. Totally. And, and for people, that may seem kind of counterintuitive. Are you telling me that I should be concerned about termination of employment when I start a job? Absolutely. That's exactly what you should be thinking about, and that's exactly the right time to think about that. And the reason why that's the right time is that's when your employer is thinking about it. 
So if you have an employment agreement that speaks to the issue of termination, you need to know what it says because here's, again, another spoiler. If you have an agreement that speaks to the issue of termination, that's horrible news. The only reason or almost the only reason they would be there is to limit your termination entitlements. So you may sign an employment agreement not realizing that this is going to cost you at some point tens of thousands of dollars in severance at some point. So, you know, it could be the difference between getting 18 months of severance and getting eight weeks worth of severance. It could be hundreds of thousands of dollars in some situations. That's why it's so important. You want to see if there's anything in your employment agreement that limits that severance. And if you're not sure what it does, what it means, call me. But I'm telling you right now, it probably will limit your severance if you're not understanding what it says. So you have to, have to, have to watch out for that. I know it's usually a bit of a head scratch with people that haven't heard the show when it comes to and talking about employment agreements. And we often say, you know, less is more. If it's a handshake or a one pager, you're set. If it's 30 pages, not good. Counterintuitive to what you think. You'd want details in your employment agreement. And we'll talk more about that. But what are some other important terms to watch out for in that agreement? So we talked about termination provision, but there's other terms. For example, a term that allows the company to change your pay. So you may th- say, oh, great, I'm, I'm, uh, I did a great job negotiating. I negotiated my $75,000 salary. I'm very happy about it. But what you didn't notice is the employment agreement says, by the way, it's our discretion to change your compensation. So essentially what you're saying to the employer, hey, tell you what, employer, just pay me whatever you want. I'm cool. Okay, so what's the point even agreeing to a salary if the employment agreement gives the company the power to change it. And by the way, if the employment agreement says that they can change your pay and they do change it, that's not a constructive dismissal because you put that in the employment agreement. By the same token, any term in the agreement that allows the company to change your job is a bad thing. So if your employment agreement says, you know, your job is going to be our uh, accounting manager, but we have the discretion to change your job and job duties, you're essentially saying to the employer, Tell you what, employer, hire me for whatever job you want. I'll do whatever you want. Again, a very bad thing. Watch out for non-competition obligations. Is there going to be something in there that's going to prevent you from earning a living and working in the industry? You got to watch out for those. Anything that limits uh, your ability in the future and anything that takes away from your job security and your compensation security are things you have to watch out for. Uh, They're bad things, and they're things that should not be in an employment agreement. Lots more of these coming up. Terms to watch out for an employment agreement. Stay tuned for that. Short break here. 1-855-821-5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior. Member of the team, anytime, email, shoot him over. We'll read some a little later on in the show, and that is help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't caught it yet, you'll see the Employment Hour in 30 on Global TV on the weekends as well. 30 minutes on TV of what we talk about here. It's great. If you haven't seen that, uh, tune in anytime for that one and go to the website for uh, for more details. Lots more Employment Hour coming up right here, Global News Radio. The number, 1-855-821-5900. The email is help at employmenthour.com as we continue to tackle a ton of subjects on the show. Each week here, Lior, the current one's pretty important in terms to watch out for in an employment agreement. We're talking about less is more, all the things that should be covered in an employment agreement that you need to watch out for. So question, though, can your employer just, I don't know, change the employment agreement after you've started working? So, you know, if you've done a good job and you've, you've not, haven't agreed to a bad employment agreement or even better, you started a job on a handshake and your company comes back and says, now we want to change the deal. Mm-hmm. That's always a problem because a company is not going to ask to change the deal, to change the terms, to have a new agreement if it's better for you. They're just not going to do that. They're going to do that if it's better for the company. So, so that's a problem and you've got to be mindful of that. 
And no, the company, generally speaking, does not have a right to just say, we don't like the old agreement, we're going to enter into a new agreement, or you don't have an agreement, we want you to have an agreement. They can't just do that. They, 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 there's there's reasons why uh, you know the deal is the deal. And just like you can't unilaterally, as the employee, change the deal, neither can the company. And if the company insists and they say, we're going to do it anyway, well, at that point, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. So when you started working, the deal is the deal. And if the deal is, I'm going to work at this job, at this pay, at this location, doing these things, well, then that's the deal. And the company can't just one day walk in and say, now it's a different deal. Now we don't like that agreement. We want this agreement. So uh, if the company does that, don't believe that, oh, it's really better for you, employee. If it was better for you, then the company wouldn't uh, bother and, and it would be very clear it's not better for you. It's better for the company. Uh, you may have a company that says, oh, gosh, uh, we didn't have the employee sign a termination clause in their employment mm-hmm. agreement. So let's have them sign a new employment agreement with a termination clause. And you may sign it not realizing what it does. And then a year, two years, 10 years later, when you lose your job and you realize, oh, my God, I just lost $80,000 in severance you realize that that was a mistake. If you do decide to sign it, is it that's it, simply it, just a signature and it's legally binding, or do they have to give you something for it, or it doesn't work that way? Well, if, if again, this is from the both the employer and the employee standpoint. If mm-hmm. you're already working and you have a job and everything's cool, you're working, and the company wants you to all of a sudden to sign a new employment agreement, for that agreement to be enforceable and binding, they have to actually give you something in return. Uh, signing bonus, pay increase, extra vacation, what have you, something in return. If they don't and you sign it anyway, well, the company may not be able to enforce it against you because they didn't give you anything in return. So, But again, to me, this is kind of more technical from my perspective right. is we should never sign something if we're not prepared to live with it. We should not sign something if it's not good for us. And, and we should certainly not sign something if we don't understand what it actually says. one 821 5900 is that number. Help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet, find out what your severance offer should be. The real dollar number. That is severancepaycalculator.com as well. Talking about uh, terms on employment agreement. So you've uh, you know you've just received a nice job offer letter. You're all excited. You want to go. So now, what is the next step? Well, you know, the first thing you 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 want to do is take a take a kind of a step back, take a deep breath, and, and read it carefully. People get very excited, of course, and they get a new job. You know, sometimes it could be a while to find that job, and oh gosh, thank God, this is this is perfect. Oh my God, and they're paying me exactly what I wanted, so I'm a happy guy. But you got to take a step back and you got to look at it critically. You got to read it carefully. And understand what it says. You have to take it, understand what it says. Uh, and if you're not understanding what it says, if there's something that's unclear, don't say, I am sure that's fine. I am sure that's just boilerplate. No. Make the call. Call me. Call someone else if you don't want to talk to me. But get some advice to understand what you are signing. You know, you don't get a break later on because you say, oh, I didn't understand what it was. I didn't realize that's what it is. So I'm not bound by it. It doesn't work that way. If you sign something, if you sign an employment agreement without understanding what it says, and it turns out later it was a bad deal, unfortunately, you're stuck with it. So you don't sign it before you know what it says. Call me. I can simplify it. I can explain it to you in English and talk about what does it do? What does it mean? Do we want to sign it? Do we want to negotiate? uh, and, And how to best approach it? 
You know, it's funny you mentioned Simplify by giving you a call, and chances are if you've got a, a lengthy employment agreement, there's going to be some little nuggets in there that you're going to miss, and you're want to, going to call your firm and say, you know, lay this out for me. Is this good or is this bad, right? you got to be careful. A lot of what I do, John, is I review employment agreements and, and at least make sure that people understand what they're signing. Uh, so that down the road, there's no surprise. And if someone decides to sign an agreement that you know limits future severance, for example, that's fine. But at least they should do that knowingly. They should do that understanding that that's the deal rather than be surprised later on. So, yeah, by all means, please call me. And, and certainly, you know, if, if you're working in a you know, entry level, part time job, you know, once a week, uh, you know, maybe at a, at a restaurant, it may not be as critical. But if you're, you know, if this is your career and you're taking a position, you know, to further your career, it's critical to understand what you're signing. Give me a call. If you, uh, you know, say, say you're as, you're as eager, or at least the employer is just as eager as you to get you started. It's like, okay, you know, come on in Monday, start work. So you go in Monday, says, you know what, our HR department, they haven't quite finished uh, drafting up your employment agreement yet. Just we'll have it for you by next Monday. And that happens. So you've begun work. You're on the floor doing the gig. A week later, you sign that employment agreement. Is it binding? Well, it, it, it's binding if you want it to be binding. It's not binding if you don't want it. What I mean is, if, if for example, if that's a termination clause uh, that limits your severance, but because you signed that employment agreement after you started working, down the road you may be able to say, I'm not bound by that because of, I signed it after I started working. Ah. On the other hand, if, if it's a good employment agreement, and you want it to be binding, then it will be binding. So, uh, you know, always, always be careful with that. And uh, if you've been terminated and you think that you're bound by a termination clause, don't assume anything. Still worth giving me a call. Still worth finding out if you're really bound by it, if it limits your entitlements, and we can talk about what to do about it. That number, one 821 5900 The email is help at employmenthour.com. Write it down. Keep it. You'll need it one day. Whether it's for good or for bad, it's good to have in your pocket at any time. Lots more Employment Hour coming right up. This is Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. Help at employmenthour.com. You can go to employmenthourtv.ca as well to find out where we are on TV on Global with the Employment Hour in 30. Fantastic show. Lots of information to be had there as well. And on both shows, we talk about the severance pay calculator. That is the place you want to go. You want to find out exactly what your severance should be. Get a dollar amount. Don't be surprised by it. It's the actual number. It's your Common law entitlement, so you need that uh, on your side, severancepaycalculator.com. In the meantime, still talking about uh, termination agreements and everything inside those. Uh, employee, how does an employee negotiate terms of that contract? Should they? Is it is it even possible? Is it advised? You know, and really this is the key here. A lot of people say, well, thank you, you know, Leroy, I appreciate you telling us what to watch out for, but, you know, we can't do anything about it. If we can't negotiate, what's the point? Well, first of all, I think you, you need to know either way, even if you can't negotiate, but in most cases, you're able to negotiate. So many people assume you cannot negotiate. Yes, you can. It doesn't matter if you're working for a small company or a big company. So the first thing in negotiating is you got to find out that, or you got to decide what you're going to negotiate. Mm. So if you're reviewing the employment agreement and you've identified with or without help, you know, I don't know, 15 things that you want changed, well, it's probably a bad idea to go your, to your employer with a laundry list of 15 things. So you're going to send the wrong message. So I would take those 15 things and narrow it down to two or three that you really, really care about uh, and, and then approach your employer with those things. And the way I would approach your employer is to first say how excited you are about the job, how certain you are that this is going to be the right fit and that you're going to be very uh, successful in this job. And then say, that said, I have a couple of concerns I wanted to raise with you. And then you raise those issues, whether it's a termination clause or something else. 
Now, if you do it that way, nothing bad will happen. The company will not withdraw the job offer uh, as long as you, you know, you're, you're acting, like I said, and, and being reasonable. And they may well negotiate it. Uh, if you're the right candidate and they're very excited to have you and after the entire process they went through, they've decided you're the perfect, the perfect person for them, are they going to be willing to lose you because you have concerns, say, about job security? So you do have a lot more leverage than you realize. You are able to negotiate those terms. Just, you know, don't be, uh, you know, you don't need to be aggressive about it. You don't need to be unreasonable about it. Uh, but if you approach the company the right way, in more, in more cases than you would realize, you actually are able to negotiate terms. Flip over the other side from the employer's perspective. What is the most important thing for the employer to do with respect to that contract? Well, you know, for employers, if I take off my employee hat and I put on my employer hat instead, employers should have written employment agreements. Okay, for employees, no, you don't want a written employment agreement, you want a handshake. For an employer, you absolutely want a written employment agreement and you want an agreement that gives you as much flexibility as possible to uh, to to run your, your job, and to run your workplace and to make changes if you need it. Now, beyond that, you want to make sure that employees sign the employment agreement before they start working, not after, not on their first day, not during their lunch break, but before they start working. And if you are going to introduce new employment agreements to employees that are already working for you, for existing employees, offer them something in return. Remember those rules. 1-855-821-5900 is the number, help at employmenthour.com. Before we get into the topic of temporary layoffs, because this is uh, indeed money waters with uh, people that write in and scratch their head all the time, thinking if they should or should not be on a layoff, is it even legal? We'll get to that, though. A first email from uh, Richard in Etobicoke says, I've been employed for the last three years through an agency. The agency is the one that pays me. They just told me that there is no more work for me, but did not say anything about severance. Am I entitled to anything? So a lot of people, again, think this is a common question. A lot of people think that, you know, if I'm an agency employee, if I work through a, a placement agency and I don't have a job, I don't have work, I don't get severance. Nonsense. It's very, very simple. If you have a job and you lose that job, doesn't matter who your employer is, you get paid, you get severance. So whether it's the, the agency that pays you or, or the company you're actually working for, in some situations it could be one or two, or, or, or both. But either way, you can't lose a job without getting some form of severance. Uh, now, depending on, on what agreement you sign, depending on your age, position, and length of employment, it could be a lot of severance. It could be not a lot of severance, but you get paid. So, yes, in this situation, if the company, uh, his agency told him, no, no severance for you because we're an agency, that's ridiculous. That's a wrongful dismissal. You should give me a call as soon as possible to discuss it. one 821 5900 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll, uh, before we take a break, get into our conversation about temporary layoffs. This is a uh, this sticks in your craw all kinds of times because there's so much misinformation about that, uh, that whole topic. So we'll get into it. Basically, what is a temporary layoff and how is it different than, say, a regular termination? Well, again, a lot of misconceptions, temporary no. layoffs. I mean, I, I mean, I think we can call this, or instead of the employment hour, the misconception hour. Because, <laughs> you know, that's really what we always do here. We're talking about misconceptions. We're talking about what the truth really is. But, you know, and, and one of the biggest has to do with uh, uh, temporary layoffs. People believe, the big misconception, that an employer can and does have a right to lay someone off temporarily. In theory, the idea of a temporary layoff is a situation where the company says, we're not letting you go. 
We're just going to essentially suspend your employment for a period of time, maybe because business is slow, maybe because uh, we're waiting for a big project to come in and we don't have that project yet. Uh, you're still our employee. You're just not going to get paid. You're not going to be working. And then when we're ready, we're going to call you back to work. So it's not a, a regular or a permanent layoff. It's a temporary layoff. And people think, well, you know, I guess they could do that. I hate it. I don't want it. But what am I going to do if they're allowed to do it? And we're going to be busting some myths and telling people, no, an employer actually cannot do that, John. And uh, we'll do that after a short one, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Lots more employment hour on the way. Discussion of temporary layoffs and your emails too, right here on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't used it yet, give it a whirl. It takes about 30 seconds just for your own knowledge or if you really do need it to find out what your severance should be, severancepaycalculator.com. Temporary layoffs, that is our discussion. So, uh, employer does lay off an employee will say temporarily what can that employee do about it so generally speaking john an employer in most cases does not have a right to lay in an employee off temporarily what i mean by that is that a temporary layoff in most cases is a termination so it's essentially as if the company is saying we are letting you go even though that's not what they're saying and some people believe that you can be laid off for 13 weeks, 35 weeks. Yeah. Those are in unique situations only, which we're going to talk about. For most people, no, you are laid off. If you're laid off temporarily, that's a termination. So it's not actually really a termination. All it does really is it gives you the right to treat it as a termination. So if you've been laid off temporarily, you have a choice. You can choose to say, okay, I'm going to accept that and wait for you to call me back uh, and if you don't call me back, then it's going to be a termination. So that's option one. Or option two, you can say, I am going to treat that as a termination right now, immediately, today, and get my severance from you right away. Because a company does not have a right to lay off someone temporarily unless the employee accepts it, unless the employee agrees with it. So you have a right, the option to treat that as a termination. And instead of waiting at home, not getting paid for the next six months or what have you, you can get your severance and move on, hopefully, to a different and better job. You know, people do sit back and wait all the time. We get calls and emails from it uh, uh, all the time, people doing exactly that. There has got to be pitfalls to doing that. Yeah, and, and, and the biggest one is, you know, I said that the company doesn't have a right to do it uh, unless you uh, agree. Well, if you agree, if you sit at home and wait for them to call you back, so you've agreed and allowed them to do that, you've given them the right to do it again in the future. And that's a huge problem when it comes to temporary layoffs. Think about it this way. So they laid you off for six months. You come back to work. Oh, my God, this is a terrible six months. Thank God I'm going back to work. Go back to work. Everything's fine. A few months later, they say, well, we're going to lay you off again for another six months. Ugh. Holy cow. At that point, you say, no, no, now it's too much. Now I don't want to. But because you let them do it the first time, now you're stuck. Now you can't say, I'm not going to accept it. And then if this happens now every year, every few months, they lay you off temporarily, you're stuck. You essentially have no job security. So when it comes to temporary layoffs, generally speaking for most, I say you probably don't want to accept. You want to treat that as a termination if possible, get your severance. But of course, before you do that, before you tell your employer to go jump in the lake or, or quit or anything like that, I need you to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything without speaking to me first. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. By the way, is that number so? Uh, kind of an obvious question. I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. How often do you see uh, temporary layoffs at the firm? 
You know, John, I see them all the time, yeah. and, and literally, I don't know that a that a, a day, or if not day, certainly not a week, would go by where I don't speak with individuals that have been laid off temporarily. And you know, th- those people that I speak with are a tiny fraction of the people that actually get laid off temporarily. And the reason I don't speak with the others is because they assume that that's it's all kosher. Mm-hmm. They assume that there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, they don't realize that it's really a termination, and they can pursue and get their severance right away. So if you're now listening to us and you've learned that and, and you know your your friend, your neighbor, your parent has been laid off temporarily, tell them. Tell them that that's actually not something that, they're, that they uh, have to accept. That's not something that their employer is allowed to do. Have them give me a call. Let's talk about what they wrote. Let's talk about getting them out of there so that they're not in a situation where this happens again and again in the future. Well, I mean, the obvious next question, I think a lot of our listeners are wondering right now, so I'll voice it for them. Okay, you're going to get me out of there, so how much severance do I as an employee get that I've been laid off temporarily? Yeah, no, that's the the next obvious question. And the, the amount of severance is exactly the same as with any regular termination. So it's going to be based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. The longer you work, older you are, more senior position, the more severance is owed. So I can't tell you if it's one week or a month or six months or 24 because every person is different, but you can go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out. So your entitlements uh, and your severance entitlements, whether you're a regular or in, in a regular termination situation or in a temporary layoff situation, those termination entitlements are going to be exactly the same. Is there any situations everywhere that layoff is actually allowed? So I, I mentioned earlier that in most cases, almost all cases, that a temporary layoff is a termination. Right. There are some situations where it's not a termination and it is allowed. So first one, I mentioned it as if there's a history. The company has already done it before. You let them kind of get away with it. Well, now, because you let them get away with it, they can do it again. And the second, third, fourth, fifth time they do it, you're, you're stuck. You can't do anything about it. So that's one situation. Another situation is if your employment agreement explicitly gives the company the right to lay you off temporarily. Again, another thing, question or another issue with uh, employment agreements. Your employment agreement says, employee, by the way, just so you know, we have the right to lay you off temporarily. If it says that, then the company is allowed to lay you off temporarily and you can't do anything about it. The good news is most employment agreements don't say that, but some do. Another reason why you have to review it. The the final circumstance where you may be uh, allowed or the company may be allowed to let you go or lay you off temporarily is if you're working in a business that's clearly seasonal. So if you're a a roofer, for example, and there's no work in the winter ever and it's expected that you're going to be laid off in the winter, for example, maybe you're, uh, you know, you're work, working as a golf pro and, you know, the golf season is only, uh, only goes up until October and beyond that you get laid off. That's okay. If the business is clearly seasonal, then a layoff is implied. But the company can't decide all of a sudden that it's seasonal if in the past it wasn't. So if you've always worked year round and this year the company says, well, we're in construction. So we're going to lay you off. Well, no, no, you can't do that because I haven't been laid off before in the past. So in most cases, if it's clearly seasonal, it's a layoff. If it's not clearly seasonal, the layoff is a termination. Well, before we uh, take a quick break, I'll ask you this then. So what do employers have to do if they want to have that, uh, if they want to be able to temporary layoff? What do they got to do? Well, the, the, the easiest thing an employer could do is simply have that terminal employment agreement. Right. 
uh, put that in an employment agreement, give yourself the power, the right to lay off someone temporarily, and then doesn't mean that you have to do it, but it gives you the right and the option. And at that point, the employee is not going to be able to to object or do anything about it. So that's what employers have to do. And if the employer employers don't do that, they can't then go and complain saying, we don't have a right of a sign. How is that fair? Well, because you didn't do what you're supposed to do, uh, that's on the employer. We'll wrap up the next few minutes with a bunch of your emails. You want to send one over quickly, you have some time. Help at employmenthour.com. And the number, of course, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and the rest of the team when the show is not on. And we've mentioned it a bunch of times already. Please try it out, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Last few moments and uh, remaining moments of the Employment Hour are coming right up right here on Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. If you haven't seen it yet on TV, Employment Hour in thirty. Go to employmenthourtv.ca to find out where and when you can see the show. Uh, some emails to uh, to wrap it up here, my friend James is uh, next up. Says uh, I just started back at work last week on modified duties. After being on disability for a few months, at the end of the week, the company let me go. They gave me no reason. They offered my, uh, they offered me 52 weeks pay after 23 years of employment. So uh, weeks, uh, basically a year after 23 years of employment as production manager. I'm 62. What are my rights? Well, first of all, you're going to be owed a lot more yeah. than 52 weeks. Okay. In fact, it could be easily, easily uh, as much as uh, 24 months. Uh, again, age, position, and length of employment are the key here. And your employer is going to have to pay a lot more than that. And, and this would be essentially 50 cents on the dollar. Now, that said, beyond that, there's another issue here. Uh, if you're just coming back to work uh, after being off on a medical leave and you're on a disability and then they all of a sudden let you go, well, it does make it seem like they're letting you go because you're on modified duties or because you were on a disability leave, which means it's illegal. That's a human rights violation. The company cannot let you go for any reason associated even with your medical leave, your disability leave. So beyond the severance, and by the way, again, he's owed double than what, what they offered him, double, John, he could be owed human rights damages. And so this is an important email because our, our uh, listeners may find themselves in that situation where they've been let go in dubious circumstances. They've off, been offered less severance than what they're actually owed. So again, you use the severance calculator, you give me a call, and certainly, please, please, uh, for James and anyone else listening, do not sign anything without speaking to me first. James, you know the email because that's how we got uh, got your letter. The number, though, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and severancepaycalculator.com as well. Jill, uh, next one up, says, my employer let me go. I tried to negotiate my severance with them, and they said that it is their policy not to pay any more, and they won't change it. Is there a point even having Lior review my severance letter? You know, it, it does It does make me, uh, make me chuckle because uh, uh, a lot of people, you know, get – intimidated and the company says, that's our offer and that's it. We're not changing it. Well, here's what you need to understand. Your employer doesn't get to decide how much severance they pay you. They don't get to have a policy. They don't get to say, well, we think that uh, uh, Barbara should only get this amount. Okay. The law takes care of that. The law decides how much you are owed. And if the company doesn't want to pay you that, doesn't matter what their policy is, doesn't matter what they think is right. Well, they're going to have to anyway. You know, the law doesn't say, well, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize you, you didn't want to pay it. Our bad. doesn't work that way. So be, so from my perspective, uh, you can ignore what the company said. Give me a call. It's going to be my job to get you what you're owed. 
and uh, if uh, if we need to proceed by legal means, fine. In most cases, we don't even need to do that. So please don't be intimidated by a company saying, this is our offer, it's our best offer, we're not improving it. Too bad, they're going to have to, if that's what the law says they have to do. And you know what? It's not even going to be difficult to get them to do that. You know, I thought this one was interesting. We don't get uh, too many like this, so I'll get to an email from Sean here in, uh, in the city. He says, I have drivers that work for me. One of my drivers was just caught driving with a suspended license. Can I let him go, and do I have to pay him his severance? Well, it's a great question. Yeah. So obviously, Sean is an employer here, and, and one of his drivers was uh, obviously not uh, doing what he's supposed to, driving with a suspended license. So that's a big deal if someone is driving with a suspended license because it's illegal and there could be liability on the company if he gets into an accident. Right. You know, the insurance may get invalidated. That's a huge, huge deal. So as long as this person knew or should have known that his license was suspended, uh, then yeah, he, he is obviously engaged in significant misconduct and that, in my view, is cause for dismissal. Remember, cause is a, a very strict standard. It only applies in extreme situations where someone did something so bad that it gives the company the right to let them go without severance. To me, you know, driving in a situation like that with a suspended license and doing it knowingly, if that's actually what happened, that is cause, which means he could be let go, Sean could be let go without severance, without compensation, uh, and and uh, you know that's that's the way it's going to be. But I would tell uh, uh, Sean here, don't let him go without speaking to me. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that we know exactly what we're doing. But yeah, that that would be a big deal and probably cause for dismissal. One more time before we uh, wrap, severance pay calculator. Tell us a little bit about it because I know you're really uh, really proud of this one. Well, yeah, you know, close to half a million people now have used it uh, since we we created it, and uh, you know, it was something an idea that I came up once, uh, you know, in, in in my office, and I'm so happy that so many people have used it. SeverancePayCalculator.com. If you lost your job, worried about your job, want to understand what your rights are, want to know if that severance letter is is adequate, or if you're owed more, or maybe you're preparing because you, you're you're seeing the writing on the wall, yeah. you think that they're going to let you go. Go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed, be prepared, be armed with that knowledge, and be a good friend and a good uh, family member. If you know someone that has been let go or is potentially being let go, tell them to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, you can reach us on TV as well, Employment Hour in 30. Go to uh, employmenthourtv.ca to find out where you can view that particular program on the weekend. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. Always have that handy. The number 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Until next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.